everyone, and welcome to Minute 116 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minutes, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Heather Baxendale of Word of Hellmouth Podcast. That, that's actually a mouthful to say, but uh, welcome <laughs> to the show, Heather. Hello, and thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm always happy to have you on. It's, you know, but uh, I, I think there's something wrong. They're coming back down. So you should just... <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so minute 116 begins with John sh- shooting into the air every which way and ends with Eddie alerting Hans. So basically on Friday, we, we ended things in the middle of the, the climax of this movie where there's just a lot of shooting going on. You know, the FBI guys are trying to, to figure out what they're going to do. John's on the roof. He was searching for Holly. He couldn't find her. You know, he was finally found out that she's on, she's in the, that they took her to the vault, which he doesn't really know where that is, even though he was sort of given directions by, by uh, Ginny, who knows. And then he sees the helicopters coming and he decides that he's going to scare everybody and he starts just shooting in the air. And this minute continues with that. He's just shooting blindly into the air. Now, my first question that I'm going to ask, and I, I, I asked this on Friday also, but isn't he worried that he's going to actually hit these helicopters or hit something? That's, that's what I, I was thinking about, too. I'm like, I understand that he goes full cowboy at this point, but... There, there is certainly some inner danger of of fire going elsewhere, or or harming the chopper, or someone in the chopper. Exactly at that point. I mean, we we already established weeks ago that that it wasn't John who shot up Al's car. You know, even though up until doing this this show, I always thought that it, that that's what happened. I thought it was John who shot uh, a machine gun. You know, and machine gunned uh, uh, Al's car after he threw out you know Franco's body. Uh, yeah. Mar- Marco, sorry, Marco's body. Franco is a different guy. They, they, they. It's really silly that they have two terrorists named Franco and Marco. You know, they should have just like thought of something else. You know, they well, sound they're they henchmen. Still, they're henchmen, <laughs> but I'm saying they're. It's not like they're Tweedledee and Tweedledum. You know. No, it's, no, uh, no. Not if yeah, you want to differentiate between them. Exactly, you have Wait. to differentiate with them, and and I've gotten them confused. I mean, I know who each of them are, but I've gotten the names confused for for obvious reasons. So he throws Marco out of the window, right? And then someone starts shooting, and we actually figured out that because of the angle of where we see the shots coming from, it's not coming from the 30-plus floor. It's coming from, like, the second or third floor, and there is one of the terrorists there, Alexander, and the script actually proved that it was Alexander who was shooting. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's something I'd never thought about before. So, well, so, and, 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 and that actually, uh, when, when, when I proved that, that it was Alexander, it made a lot more sense because I said, okay, why would John risk trying to injure Al? And that goes to my question that we're, that we have here. Why would he do something that could potentially be injuring, you know, he doesn't know it's the FBI or whatever it is, but he, he knows these are friendly helicopters, theoretically. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't he, he's the one who yells, I'm on your side, a-hole, isn't he? That's right. Uh, when yeah. they start firing at him. Yes. So, and which I was also wondering, why was he surprised that they fired at him after he was shooting in the air? And, and 
and like you said, no matter no matter what, there's there's definitely a risk factor of him hitting them, uh, anyone in the chopper. But also there's there's still tons of debris. There's still parts of the building all over the place where he could have hit something and it could have ricocheted too. Exactly. And hit and hit one of the hostages. I mean, it's definitely a high octane moment, and it moves so quickly that you certainly don't pick up on it as as much if you're just sitting and watching the movie. The moments go by slow but fast at the same time. But most of the movie seems very, very specific that there's there's intent behind I mean John McTiernan is the kind of director who does that. Every every little moment does count and it does have some point to it. There's not just filler crap in there. It's part of the reasons why his movies are so suspenseful and there's so yes. much tension and the action is so great. Mm-hmm. Uh like every little sequence, and that's one of the things I was really appreciating about watching it this way too. But that one is the one that I literally, I have, I on my notes, I have chopper guns question mark. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, what is what was going on? Yeah, I'm not right. sure. I'm not sure what the intent was, and I haven't been able to come up with anything that was logical other than he was just essentially hot. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. I mean, you also have the whole idea that that you know the Johnsons are no longer sympathetic at all. You know, they they were comedic at the beginning and by the lines that they said, you know, last week, I think it was on Thursday, you know, where they go, oh, I can live with 20, 25 percent casualties of the hostages. You know, it's like at that point, you don't really care what's going to happen to them because they they don't care what's going to happen to anyone else. No, no, complete reckless abandonment at this point. Yeah, for sure. And basically, at this point, you know, first of all, I, I like the way that John shoots in a, uh, I guess you'd say a, a parabolic fashion. You know, the way that, that he swings the, the, the gun in very straight. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever shot automatic weapons, but you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I own an automatic weapon. I have my own assault rifle. Okay. <laughs> so, um, no, no, typically you don't. There's uh, just recoil alone. It's it's difficult to do that. And this is, I think this is an MP5 that he's using too. I'm not yes. 100% mm-hmm. sure on that. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. This, this movie yeah. uses so, MP5s and we will actually talk later in this week why the script uh, needed to have MP5s. But we'll, we'll get okay. there. We'll get there. We'll I was curious there. about that. Yeah, because I have a comment on his, his sidearm as well. Yes. Um, which I have for notes for later in the week also. Yeah. But yeah. but yeah, so so it's as far as that goes too. I mean, that's that's one of those things that you you put a suspension of disbelief in I think when it comes to movies. It's like yeah. the the person who's able to kick in the door. It's it's you know, big guns not having that that typical recoil or behaving the way they're shooting blanks most of the time. Or the fact that um, everyone has magic guns that can shoot as many bullets as they want. Yes. Until yes, the script needs bullets. them until the script needs them to run out. Which also we'll get to later yes. <laughs> this week, but um, I mean, yeah, those those are all those are all tropes that that we buy and we lock into. There's and you know there are things that that will as as a person who's grown up with guns, um, I come from a military family, a police family, and a hunting family. So, um, so we were taught <laughs> the the proper way to respect and use guns growing up in my family. Yeah, which which and, John John McLean doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't follow those rules. <laughs> no, but I always look at him too. Is in, in the back of my mind, I always hear cowboy in my head. John McClane is an effing cowboy, and that's yes. that's kind of that's kind of kind of it too. So the rules don't entirely exist for him. But yeah, that's, he almost has like a, a dance. There's there's a certain almost elegance to 
to, to him shooting. And it looks really great on screen. I mean, the whole, all of it looks amazing. And that is where it's, it's incredibly successful. But as far as attaching that to realism, no, there's, there's, there's two, two definitely, um, reality and fantasy are not meeting in the middle on, yeah, on that at all. For sure. There's no question. But, uh, but again, that, that's what makes this fun. You know, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, who wants to write a story that's completely real either? The reason we tell these stories is because it's an escape from reality to some degree. And our heroes have to have some level of superpowers. Right. So McLean gets his with his, his cowboy gun antics. Yeah, but I mean, part of the whole thing here also is is that, that you know, he's an everyman. Yes. Those are my favorite stories, by the way. I All of my favorite action heroes, with the exception of, um, you know, Arnold or Sly, when they come in, those are those are the exceptions for me. But in general, the, the everyman action heroes, the every guy who just kind of shows up. Like, I mean, that's one of the things I love about the character of Ellen Ripley so much. She yeah. just is a normal person who gets put in extraordinary circumstances and she rises to the occasion. In the future. Those, yeah, <laughs> in the future. But, but again, fantasy. But however, it's 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 that it's it's that um, situation that I I like so much. Yeah. And, okay, and I can it makes you connect. It also it also gives you as if you were the maybe I could do that. No, no, we couldn't. They can't even do that. But <laughs> that's <laughs> but it right. Makes it fun. That's it why they use stunt doubles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless you're Tom Cruise. Yes. Um, but he's an I, alien. He I think count. I think I think his uh, you know his stories are a little over over bloated. I think I, I'm not saying he doesn't do most of his stunts, but I'm sure that there are stunts that people think he does that that you know he hasn't that he doesn't do anymore. You know. Okay, listen. I believe Tom Cruise does everything, and I only believe it because he is not human. He is an alien, and I think that's a compliment. I haven't decided yet. No, uh, maybe I don't know. But we're not here to talk about Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're back. We're back to Brucey and John McClane exactly. and Yuki exactly. time. That's right. So at, at this point, then we we see a shot from within the chopper. So we have Big Johnson, you know, noticing that John is shooting in the air, and he orders the the gunman next to him to shoot at John. And he goes, "Now that sucker!" And I mean, oh. they, they do a great job because John continues shooting into the air. And then we see like the bullets ripping through the, 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 I guess you could say the floor of the roof because that's where he's standing. You know, he starts running from the whole thing. And, and then uh, John starts to, to run towards us as all like the, the hostages around him start scattering in all different directions. You know, it looks like a Benny Hill type of, uh, you know, situation where they're, they're just running around. No one really yeah, knows where they need to go. It's, it's utter chaos. Everybody's just panicking and yeah. panic and, and madness. Yeah, and and then John finds like this niche to 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 you know jump into and duck to hide you know from from where they're being shot. Now I guess it's reached a point where John doesn't care about the hostages anymore either. He knows Holly's not there, so you know what? I'm just gonna you know uh, save myself at this point. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's it's again it's it's man unhinged at this part at this yeah. point. He's. He's literally just trying to save his wife. He's tried to, to do more and looked at the bigger spectrum up to this point, but now it's it's the end of the rope. He has one option. If he can only save one person, it's going to be his wife. Correct. And and yeah, we we're we're going to get into that. But McTiernan has not forgotten either that there still are a bunch of innocent people there running about, and that's when you get those shots in of them running around, which is, you know, 
this does a this I, I feel like Die Hard is probably one of the movies that does it the best where they balance the, the humor with the action and the tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the humor, because it's delivered appropriately, it gives a release of some of that build, which also gives it the opportunity to build again, which is why it feels like you're on this wild roller coaster. Right. But smart directors, you see them do it all the time, where you have those shots that pan to the the innocent people that are I mean, do we know who they are? No, but they're, no. they're innocent people, and we don't want them to die. It's, they're it's not a thought that Yeah, it's <laughs> not a thought that you actually, like, invest in, but your brain processes it enough that you're acknowledging it. But that's why you only get a second of it, and you only see them, but you don't actually see them as people. It's just an idea, and it's there, and it works. Right. The only person who sees a person there is uh, Jeannie. Yeah, you know, yeah. Who that's was, it. Who, who, who gets to lie down on a couch, which everyone probably was very jealous of her. I was. I'm jealous of her right now. Um, <laughs> uh, there's this also this little little side anecdote which um, which I kind of didn't even think about until I'd watched it again. But um, Robert Davy, he's he's such a fun bad guy as it is. He's the sniper who who says he's you know he's he's, he's gonna big take him out. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's he's the sniper guy who's who's gonna take him out. Blah blah blah. Yeah. He's actually I mean that, that's tomorrow. We'll get to that. But yeah. Yes. Uh, but he's played. In a, he's kind of played the Hans Gruber part in a TV show before. He was a villain on uh, Stargate Atlantis mm. eons ago, back in like 2004, 2005. He was this, this. He was. He was also guy. a James Bond. He was a James Bond villain also. Yes, he's he's a great villain, and he has a really, really terrifying, intimidating face where he just you wouldn't want to cross this guy. Right. It was in, it actually, a License guy. to Kill is one of my favorite James Bond movies. I think it's done right. really, really well. And he's fantastic. But in this one, he's he's the bad guy. He goes and takes over Atlantis and holds the entire city hostage. And in the midst of it all, there's this hurricane going on, and there's no power in the city. And the character in this and this show is John Shepard, and he's doing pretty much what John McClane does in Die Hard, where he's climbing through the whole city trying to get to, to to Robert Davies so he can take him out and take the city back. Do you think they so, did that on purpose? No, no, not at all. This was a this was a build up over a couple of seasons. Um Cole Meany was actually the main villain for for a bit with with this particular group. But I think that was that was his last episode on there too. But it was really cool and never it never even occurred to me until I until I rewatched this and saw him and it just it came to me. I'm like, "Ah, neat." Oh wow! So not relevant die- to Die Hard specifically, but relevant to Die Hard. Yeah. No, I mean, well, I haven't, I haven't personally seen it, so you know, Atlantis. So I could, I couldn't comment on it, but uh, I know that Robert Davi is, is a great, uh, is a great actor, and also is a great villain. And here, he's his character isn't a, a villain, but he's he's somewhat uh, reprehensible. Yes. <laughs> yes. Certainly. Certainly that. Yeah. And then John, John, who's lying on the ground hiding right now, screams, "I'm on your side, you assholes!" <laughs> I know. And and the funny thing that I find about that is is that how would they know that? You know, like how how does he expect whoever's in the helicopter to know that he's on their side? I know, I know, and I'm with him. I mean, we're rooting for him, but but like you said, how 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 are you frustrated with them? When you literally were just running around, you're covered in blood, you're using one of the terrorist guns, uh, and you're shooting what appears to be erratically with no concern for the hostages or the incoming chopper. Correct. So, so yeah, 
But again, I, 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 I'm supposing at this point that, you know, rational thinking isn't necessarily in his mind. He's in full on survival mode and extra ubered up, shoot him up, testosterone. Right. And that's what's in charge. Yeah, pretty much. That, that, but I mean, that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look at it too. I mean, I had a, I had a lot of fun looking at the scripts for each of these days and what the dialogue actually was. <laughs> and it's it's a page or less than a page for all of them, and it's mostly screaming and shouting and cursing. <laughs> yes, and grunting. <laughs> yes, but it totally works, which is which is where it comes down to. This is definitely a visual landscape that we're embracing, and we're relying on that, and then the performance of our our stars. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at this point comes the line that 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 uh, that, that you mentioned that Big Johnson then goes, oh, swing around again. I'll bag this little bastard. You know, he's, he's quite confident in himself that he's, you know, able to 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 to, to shoot this quote unquote terrorist or whoever it is that that that, uh, you know, he thinks is there. You know, he's, he's, he's a little overconfident. Well, in general, snipers are, and they should be, they're precision artists and typically don't take shots that they can't make. However, this scenario is not one of those situations. First of all, he's in a chopper, which is not ideal for the most part. Not that trained snipers haven't shot out of choppers before. They certainly have and can, but you have a moving target. You have explosions everywhere at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, you have no idea if there are going to be any more targets coming up shooting at them as well. Um, there's just there's just so many different quantifiable variables that you 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 can't be sure that you're going to. However, he makes you believe it, which yes. which follows up with McLean responding in kind to the th threat, even if he hasn't heard him say it himself. Yeah, yeah, and then at that point we see the. The the Huey once again uh, you know circle around in order which which again the editing in this movie is amazing the way that mm -hmm. they do oh it looks it looks great I mean that the joy I had from just watching the sequence sequence and I I made sure I watched each of them through slowly multiple times too and sometimes I do that just to make sure I get everything and I I'm not missing anything or if there's anything cool that's that's there that I didn't see before. This time I did it just out of pure joy uh, and appreciation for, for what I was looking at. Mm -hmm. it's, it's absolutely incredible. There isn't a second that doesn't look fantastic. Correct. And, I mean, it, it, it's just great the way they put it all together. There's no question about that. And at, at this point they change the shot and we get to see the um, the, the hostages as they're running down the 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 staircase and i love the way that that we actually see them run past uh carl who's just hanging there yes yes carl <laughs> and it is you just and it's not even like a an obvious shot either they don't pan to his body you just see the side of his hair it's just enough of that blonde and then and then his shoulder and his body to go oh yeah there he is and nobody even looks up <laughs> You know, these yeah. are people that have been through so much. That we're just at a Christmas party a few hours before. And now their lives have been flipped and turned upside down so drastically that they, they are not even aware of the fact, or they're aware, but they don't care. There's That's just right. a dead guy hanging right there. It's fine. 
That's fine. That's not even on the close to the top of their problems right now, the list of their problems. Correct. And at that point, you know, it actually makes me wonder if if the way that they they show this, you know, since since we know what's going to happen in the movie, you know, did someone like feel bad for him and like help him down or something like that? Because he 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 looks like he's in in a position where it's really difficult for him to get. I mean, again, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the the next uh, fifteen minutes of this movie. Okay, but you know, Carl is still alive. <laughs> And, you know, but how does he get down from there so easily? That's true. Or even not easily or not, you know, he, he has to somehow get, get down. I mean, his hands are slacking on the side. He, he, he's doing a great job of playing dead, but you'd think that, that someone has to help him down. I mean, Uli is dead, you know, so it can't be him. And we know that, that the, the, the four remaining terrorists downstairs, you know, Eddie, Hans, Christoph, and Theo are all downstairs. None of them are going to go back and look for, for Carl to try and figure out what they're going to do with him. And if he could so, have gone down by himself, he already would have. That's right. So that is, that's curious. I never, I never thought about it before. Cause it's just a big, well, yeah, I guess I was trying not to give anything away, but I guess if you're listening to the show, you've probably at least seen the movie once. <laughs> uh, let, um, let's hope so. I would, I mean, I would, I would assume so. I would hope so. I try not to jump to conclusions myself, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a surprise, but that's, it's kind of an important piece why would he be left there and stuck there but i guess they do that a lot in these kinds of movies too where you have one of the 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 bad guys that you thought was dead and right at the end he pops up and he's alive and you're surprised that he was and it was a shock yeah i guess that happens sometimes i mean the first time you see this movie you're definitely going to be shocked about that there's there's no question about that yeah yeah but you don't because of the the shock you don't think about it but on repeat viewings usually you pick up on that kind of thing right and then after a while if you love the movie you don't care and don't think about it too much correct for sure but but again he's just hanging there so like how does he get down that's the somebody that's must the have helped him. somebody okay in our world where we're putting all the actual pieces together which as as a writer, it's important to do that, even if you're doing it behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. There, some we'll say somebody helped him. <laughs> I okay. doubt it was a hostage. I doubt it was a hostage. Probably but, not. But yeah. the, but somebody had to have helped him, unless he right. somehow figured out how to get himself down, which I feel like he would have done beforehand. There was correct too much correct. going on. And then the, the 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 scene changes, and or and we get to see John again, and John. Is looking around and he sees a, I guess you could say a box that he opens up, you know, while he's on the, the, the roof trying to think of some way to save himself. And he opens the box and inside there is a fire hose. Yeah. Okay. This is, and this is, this is one of those great moments where you're like, oh, here is the, the axe and the glass or the, the, the fire hose here. Yes. Now, what do you know about hose reels? It's it's known as a fire hose reel. Okay. Um. That that was one of the things that I was thinking about, and I was going to go look it up, but I didn't want to talk about it before I looked it up. Those they're pretty strong. I feel like that would actually hold him. Now, whether or not it would stay up and wouldn't break off of the actual wheel itself, I can't say. Particularly with with his the weight of his body eventually going over. But I feel like of all the crazy things and chances that he took, this one actually has some validity to it. <laughs> okay. In theory, in theory. Essentially, I think the hose has the ability to hold his weight safely. 
if okay if it's actually holding on to something to where it will countermeasure him that Correct. part is questionable <laughs> okay that's fair but i mean my question more was is what do you know about hose reels in general not specifically about this this one well we'll get into today and tomorrow we'll talk about you know whether this is plausible or not okay okay um, so then how how long do you think how long do you think a standard hose reel is it's got to be at least a couple hundred yards. I've I've seen enough that they're I know that they're they're long. And in a building like that and on the roof, I think it would be reasonable to say that it would be pretty damn long. Okay. So according to the research that I did, the standard uh length is 30 meters. So it's 30 yards, mm-hmm. it's about 100 feet. Yeah, it's not not very long from that perspective. No, okay. no. And especially you know, on the roof, I would anticipate it being much longer there. Right. Okay. I would too. I, again, I, okay. I can't measure, we can't measure the actual size of the hose in the movie. So that's why I had to no. go with what's, what's the standard. Okay. So there are basically three different types of places that will have this type of, of contraption for a hose reel. Okay. The first is if you're in large areas or quarter or corridors um, where if even if you have a very large fire extinguisher, it won't uh, provide a, a adequate cover in order to put out a fire. Okay. The second thing is buildings where the floor area exceeds 500 uh, square meters. Okay, which I think is where I think this fits into that category. And then the third thing is is where uh, it's required for you know in the area for fire safety or for insurance or things like that. My assumption is, is that, I mean, it's a good place to have it and the script called for it. So that, that's why we have it here. That's what it, what it comes down to. Um, apparently you're, you're not supposed to use it if there's an electrical fire or if you have flammable liquids around. Really? Yes. Yes. So, I mean, those, those are the things that I found out about the hose reels, but it was, it was actually very simple finding even this, this basic information about it. You know, right. that's what Mr. Google is for. You know. The more you know. There you go. <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. So John then starts, you know, unspooling it as he, he walks towards the ledge. You know, he's trying not to panic. You can see that he's trying not to panic. But then he goes, what the f***? Jesus. Oh, John, what the f*** are you doing? How the f*** did you get into this shit? <laughs> and at, as he's saying this, he's he's taking the, the, the end of the hose and he's wrapping it around his waist. So, I mean, I, I got to first say, it doesn't look like he's he's tying it in a very, uh, in a tight enough knot that would that it should hold him. I mean, forgetting about what you started talking about before, about whether, you know, the a, a hose could theoretically hold uh, someone his size. That's a separate issue, but just the way that he ties himself up is is not, you know. It's not going to. You would expect him to jump off the you you expect him to jump off the roof and and you know have him plummet down and have the hose stay where it was because of the way that 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 he's doing it. You know, he's as he's putting it around, uh, you know, as he's tying it around himself, and and then as first of all, the music of this scene and. In tomorrow's minute, also, it's just amazing. Yep. It really amps up the, the 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 way that all the suspense of the movie goes and stuff like that. So 
it's just it's just done really really well and then you know we we have the the hostages once again we see that they're making a lot of noise as they're running on the 30th floor and they they alert eddie who comes out of the vault to see what's happening and at this point he has this like look of shock on his face and then he runs back to the vault to alert hans and he goes there's something wrong they're coming back down <laughs> now now it's something we mentioned last week in the in the original script both Eddie and Uli were sent upstairs. It's just, it's pretty funny that, that they left, they had to leave a character here. Yeah, they you know, did. In order to... Okay, too. So the part, yeah. I think the part where, where John is, is tying the hose up to, that almost mm-hmm. feels like he's talking himself into it. <laughs> yeah. All of his, all of his actual survival brain parts are saying this is a very bad idea this is how we die do not do this and he's overwhelmed with again we're going with the the machismo and the testosterone and all of it to where he's going to override that he has this button apparently in his head as these everyman action heroes seem to do to go i'm going to Mm -hmm. do this anyway and again as you pointed out it doesn't feel like he tied it tight enough, and it certainly yeah. it certainly doesn't feel like it would it would hold him at all. But we're we're counting down seconds here before we know things are going to yeah. hit the fan. That so cool. we're right there with him too, and 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 the music right then too. That's one of the moments where I feel like the music is really really cueing into that that high tension emotion where you're mm-hmm. you're the viewer and you're you're feeling that again with with him. So. So when when he does do all of that, yeah, you're starting you're starting to really really feel that build up and whether or not he's going to make it, which you know you know he does, but at the same time you're questioning it because everything is telling you that he shouldn't do this. Right. And then again, you're distracted but- by the chaos of the hostages and what else is going on. So while that's building, and you might question something such as, did he tie that well enough? You don't have enough time to process that thought when you're watching it right. and, and a normal viewing <laughs> to sit there and actually consider it. You might think it for a second, but something else is happening so quickly with the hostages right. and otherwise that you don't have time to process it and actually think about it. And by the time you get back to it again, oopsie, we've moved, we've moved exactly. on. And that's just, that's just, <laughs> that's just clever editing. That's clever writing. And that's, I mean, that's, it's, it's just done well, but, but yeah, it's, it's certainly not. I don't think it's a safe choice. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can do it if you're John McLean and that's the rules. That's it. I, I I think you're right about that. I think that's the way it is. So do you have anything else you want to talk about before we uh, get to the script? Uh, no, that, that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Okay. So the, the script for this week does a little uh, mishmash of, of everything. It, it like, so we're, we're going to really jump around because I just want to focus on the things that happen in this minute, but even though they, they intercut in the script between uh, today, tomorrow, the next day, uh, Friday, you know, last Friday, you know, all together. But I, so the first thing is, is that it says that, uh, you know, McLean starts shooting and he says, and, and he fires over their heads. They scream, head for the door as he'd hoped. He fires again, raking a line across the roof. They really haul ass. Get below, now. And then it 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 skips to to Hans, which it that's not part of what what we're talking about here 
now. We'll get to that uh, tomorrow. And then it says uh, uh, the roof. McLean herds the last of the hostages inside, starts for the door himself. When with a roar and a chatter of rotors, the lead helicopter zooms overhead. McLean throws himself down on the ground, looks up as the chopper banks in a tight turn, and then, and, and then from the open side, gunfire erupts. Shocked, McLean dives out of the way of the bullets that stitch across the door. Hostages on lower floors descending, screaming and howling as the chopper sweeps past the window on a loop back towards the roof. Both Johnsons fire away. Big Johnson, bank and we'll nail him. And then again, it goes back to, to Hans, and then we'll go to, come back to this. It says, McLean dives away from another burst. You I'm on your side. They come in on another pass, desperate. He looks around, sees a fire hose, makes up his mind. With the chopper looming up behind him, he slings Uli's weapon, runs to the fire hose, unreels three yards, loops it around his back and under his legs. He looks over the edge, hesitates. Fuck this. <laughs> Bullets hit all around him. And that's 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 pretty much all that, that it talks about from this, this minute itself. So I, I like the way they do it. Um, I think in the movie it's tighter. Yeah. So it works works a little better. Yeah, it definitely um, it definitely does. Yeah. The... But it's always fun looking at the differences between you know what the script you know obviously this this is uh, I don't know if it's a, it can be the final final script because you know they would have made changes but it's a pretty it's pretty close so I, I like the way that they do this I I do too it definitely I, I, again too there's just there's so many elements from different aspects that pulls together to to make it all work. But it's so fast and it's so tight that you really don't have time to process any of the thinking. You're literally reacting to all the stimuli in front of you. Right. But gosh, all the, the shots of that chopper are just great. They're just great. Some of my, I think some of my favorite shots, I forgot how, how great it really is. It's been, it had been, uh, it had been a while since I'd, I'd watched it, surprisingly. I mean, for me, it's probably been like a couple of years which is a long time for me. This is one I usually watch at least once a year. So, and, and also too, when it's on now, I've seen it so many times. This is one of those that was just on repeat for me as a child and in our house as a family. Yeah. So it's one of those two where it can just be on, I hear it in the background, but I'm not watching it intensely while it's, while it's on because I, I know the movie. So there, there are little bits like that too, that I'm, I just, I'm, it's making me appreciate it more than I even did before. i'm very happy to hear that yeah it's fun it's a lot of fun (laughs) okay so every monday we have a segment called die hard on a monday where my guests will give their top five die hard doppelganger films so what have you got for us heather start with your number five and work your way up okay i tried to keep it as close i tried to run with the, the terrorist as the bad guy and then the everyman thing to some degree but i i dabbled off a little bit okay okay that's fine that's fair all right so for my fifth one, I did Die Hard as a bodyguard with Man on Fire with Denzel Washington. Okay. Not technically terrorists, but it's def- no, it's fine. Yeah, but it's definitely it's one fair. where you've got the one man who has to go off and fight through all the bad guys to save the day. So that, and I love that movie too. That's a that's a good fun one. Um, and this one, uh, four, I have Die Hard as James Bond. Which could be multiple James Bond films, but uh, the one that yeah. I, I found that works the best for me was Goldeneye. Uh, mostly just because it's my favorite. <laughs> ah, okay. 
that's fine too. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, three. I have Die Hard as a convict, and that is Con Air, which I think is probably one of the closer ones, especially if we're yeah. referencing Die Hard too. But Die Hard. Yeah, is I'm Con sure. Air. I'm sure Jay and Mark are very happy that you you listed it so high. Oh, I love Con Air. It's so much fun. I actually just did their show a couple weeks ago. It's it's great. Yeah, I know. Such a good time. Oh, I know. It was it was a great show. It was very fun listening to it. Thank you. All right, and then this is one of the ones you suggested, but it was the first thing I thought of, and I love it. It's Die Hard on a Bus. It's Speed. I love Speed. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know, but I and I know I could have tossed something else in there, but I, I love Speed, and it's a perfect example of of this kind of movie too. And then uh, my number one is Die Hard as a James Cameron spy, and it's True Lies. <laughs> and and Arnold Schwarzenegger, as I noted, is not your everyman, but yeah, he does kind of do all of the crazy wild stuff by himself. I mean, he he tries to jump a horse across to two skyscrapers. So <laughs> yes, that he does. Now it was very funny because when you said before Die Hard uh, as James Bond, I was thinking that you were possibly going to be uh, using True Lies there because that's. <laughs> More or less what it is. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, he's, it is. He's, he's an American, uh, you know, an American type uh, uh, James Bond. All right, great. So, Heather, you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Where where can people find Heather Baxendale? Um, you guys can find me, actually, uh, under my pen name, H.B. Uh, Walsh. Uh, you can find me as H.B. Walsh on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, you can find my book that was just released uh, in July this year. It's The Prophecy, Part 1 Lost. You can find that on Amazon. Just look it up under the title or under H.B. Walsh and follow me. That would be fancy. Part 2 comes out um, hopefully at the end of the year, if not early January. Uh, you can find me and Mark Armstead on Word of Hellmouth, our new Buffy the Vampire Slayer rewatch podcast. It will be on patreon and you can follow rabbit hole podcast and we will be on there all right very cool and while you're doing that go rate review and subscribe many podcasts you might be using to listen to this show finding me is very simple all you have to do is a quick search for movie rob minute you can find me on my website movierobminute.com you can find me on twitter or you can find me on facebook so until tomorrow yippee yippee